Hello, and welcome to the Dicer Screaming Podcast. Oh! This is your host, me, Randy Patton. And Michael Hanna. Yes, two old school new gamers. Yeah, two guys who will literally, uh, if it doesn't have dice, hand me that book. I'm in. That story of our lives right there. Combined total of 70 years of gaming experience. Sure is. And it's been a long, strange trip, and we're here to bring you more views from our collected experiences. Today we're going to talk about the topic to jour. It's been going around on the Twitterverse and Facebook about Mike Merle's post about PC deaths, so we thought we would talk about PC deaths today. And in honor of that, of course, we've had many PCs die, both fair and foul, but... Throughout it all, many people seem to be upset over the idea that killing a player character is the end of a campaign. And while that's true in some cases, most cases, unless it's a TPK, the game goes on. Dungeons & Dragons and its offshoots have many ways to bring new player characters back to life. Raised Dead, Resurrection, and True Res, of course. And those all have costs, and they take away from the player character's experience, from his abilities, sometimes levels, and treasure. That's where it really hurts. Sometimes bringing a player character back can be extremely cost-prohibitive, costing <laughs> literally thousands of gold pieces. And in a lower-level campaign, that's a hurdle that a lot of people may not be able to overcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you're telling me that Twitterverse-wise, uh, this was somebody... You know, doing the old school DM brag, you know, like, behold the stack that I have slain. Uh, Mm -hmm. And look, I don't want to come down firmly on either side. You you should really go into a game knowing that you've got a tough DM if that's going to be the case. And, you know, otherwise it's a bit of a shock to the system to discover that, wow, I'm going to go through eight characters in one campaign. Uh, That might be a bit much. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, why even have dice if there's nothing at risk? I, you know, I've got to admit, I'm the lord of the happy medium. Uh, yeah, I I think that players, as long as they're willing to accept the challenges of the campaign, should be rewarded through play, through raised dead resurrections. But a player character death should always be something momentous, I think. And sometimes... Random encounters can make that easy to happen. It's easy to buy rural real estate in some games, especially when you're low level. The first through third levels are really the most desperate ones, where the player characters have few resources, are very fragile. And a wrong decision, or going a room too far, or taking on a challenge that may be well over their heads, can result in the TPK, and I think that's a learning experience. Yeah, you don't always... uh Let's face it. I mean, it's not a good dungeon if it comes with a warning on every door. Right. Okay. That, you know, you could have picked the room with the six kobolds, but instead you got the one with the ogre. That is just the way the cookie crumbles. And to some degree, you've just got to accept that. Uh, I, I got to admit, though, I agree on the death is totally worthwhile if it's epic. I mean, if you are out fighting something enormous and dangerous and difficult for a huge treasure... You know what? Casualties happen. Uh, However, um, 
<laughs> being annihilated by a horde of snotlings in Warhammer uh, is a pretty inglorious death. I, I, I confess, I would budge yeah. just to, to let that... Yeah, I'm not about humiliating a player character, but I, I'm not in favor of just glory killing them. Uh-huh. And there's other penalties of death, too, like dismemberment, scarring, losing an eye, a hand. Those are all good ways to have a character lingering at death's door, yet coming back, your healing is given in a certain amount of time. To bring them back, but also remind them that this is a dangerous place, and they're taking on a profession that literally risks risks life and limb every single encounter. Now, most death is done through combat, but we just touched on traps and how other games, when you just mentioned Warhammer, uh, fantasy role-playing, uh, they put in fate points because it was so lethal. A goblin with a sharp stick could potentially turn into a party-ending fight. <laughs> one, if you've been on, been on the receiving end of one of those disembowelments at random, uh, it chastens you. Yep. <laughs> those fate points do have their purpose. Uh, it was a good system. Uh, it, it didn't exceed uh, the concept of mortality completely. It didn't eclipse it. it. It left open the door that you have a few carefully laid aside points to buy your way out of worst case scenarios. But someday or another, your luck runs out. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. It uh, it minimized random instantaneous low level death. Especially in a low magic campaign where raised dead was completely out of the out of the game. I mean, there were some. I mean, I think Claire to Shalia could raise dead, but that was it. And so, and usually they asked for not more than gold. They asked for a quest, and that leads us to the next part. Because a lot of times, when your character dies early on, we played uh, Bone Hill a few years ago, where your fighter uh, cleric bought the farm. Oh. You, were, you were just first level out the gate. Slain by an orc, the lowest form of death. Well, it was an orc chieftain, but <laughs> regardless, they soon found a cleric capable of resurrecting your character, bringing him back to life, and uh, in lieu of that, of payment of gold, it was a quest to recover a holy water chalice lost in the keep. Yeah, and that was actually a nice adjudication technique for bringing resurrection uh, into play. Uh, at a cost, without completely bankrupting the characters. Because you're not wrong that uh, at the lower levels of the game, when people haven't, you know, cached thousands of gold against emergencies, uh, you show up, pretty much it's your entire life's fortune to bring back one PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, like, ah. You know, you really better appreciate this because your next eight dungeons worth of shares are coming out of your butt. Uh, I got to refill my, uh, I got to refill my account. No, it actually does wind up being a somewhat gentler way to reintroduce uh, return to life back into the game, and it adds to the overall flavor of the campaign that now you're beholden to do this. So that's been around old school. Uh, gamers will often cry, well, you know, back my day, you lost the character, you just stuffed it up and rolled up a new one, and there you were. But that really doesn't add to, especially a long-term campaign where you've been playing for months and your character is important. That's where the raised dead, the resurrections come in. These are important things that can influence the scope of the campaign. You know, you have to spend more money, you have to hawk some items, trade things in. It uh, shakes the game up a little bit, but, pardon me, it also moves 
the game forward, adds more impetus to questing, finding things, and adds value to items that, well, you may not have a use for, but someone else will. So it gets them out of the inventory. And also with that, how old school games approach death has really not changed. I mean, you look in the first edition's uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. Go ahead, Mike, there. Yeah, and if we've got uh, a vintage first edition DM guide here. And it cites point blank that death is, you know, likely to come of combat most of all, but uh, it uses the words no great matter and then references the fact that there are, you know, clerical uh, spells, not to mention magical items, wishes, and things like that that can bring characters back to life. It's not that unusual uh, right. in old school gaming to have characters brought back into play after a death. And this is, you know, like, mid to late 1970s. So, I mean, you know, right about the, the time the game was first hitting maximum impact uh, and spreading all over the country, this was already firmly entrenched. And then over here we have... Yeah, well, I'm using the Pathfinder's uh, Game Mastery Guide, and it pretty much says the same thing, that uh, sometimes bad luck or heroic sacrifice, player characters die. But how the group reacts to that, and what the now powerless player character does about the situation, you say a lot about your game. Now, that you want to have it deadly, and death have an effect, is of course a paramount. You have to have that risk. But sometimes when that risk hits, you, know, you go way into negatives, and there's no way to heal the character, and they die, and there's nobody to resurrect or raise the dead, you have some circumstances to deal with. Some players will agree that the whole group will take all their treasure and donate it to get the character resurrected. But then the whole party is bankrupt, and you know they're now half hot. Their items are in hot or in pawn, and so they have to get it back. And so your campaign is lessened, and all the players' characters have suffered for that. But of course, that's part of the game. But when to resurrect is also important, and that's what they cover here. But the similarities are is that nothing has really changed in these years in the approach to it. Death is death, and it's most likely going to come through combat or misfortune. And, of course, player characters have to know this. But it's the game master or DM who takes it to the next level, where I'm out to kill your player character, turns it into an adversary relationship that is not healthy to long-term gaming. Because you're never too sure, and it creates a setting where players purposely build characters to maximize all their strengths, creating the min-maxing situation so that they don't face death easily. A uh, bad case of munchkinitis takes hold. Yep. Where it stopped being about uh, it stopped being about rolling the dice and taking a risk, and it starts being about exclusively hedging your bet to ensure survival against an incredibly hostile uh, DM. I, that's no fun either. Now... Hey, on the other hand, if you've got a handful of players who are all aces and are just completely emotionally prepared for player character death uh, galore, if they're way into that, hey, go with it. You know, yeah. Not really a problem. If you've got guys who are just way down for the hardcore mode, uh, you know, that works for them, fine. Not really a problem. It's no sin. However, you may notice that that kind of limits your group to exactly those people with that personality type. 
because a lot of folks would rather have some sense of vestment in a character, the, the, the sense of, you know, I'm building an epic narrative here on like right. their slow rise from obscure, you know, uh, immaturity. Like this person was just a, a peasant farmer until he rose to be a great fighter lord, you know. And it kind of throws off the narrative when he's like disemboweled by the hobgoblin with a scimitar. <laughs> Not for any great reason, no great quest, no, you know, earth-shattering battle for, you know, the, the future of the world. Just, it was Tuesday, and that hobgoblin was in a bad mood, and his dice were hot. Uh, that's that's a tough break for a lot of people to take. Yeah, and that's, you know, while I can add a little bit here and there that, you know, death lurks around every corner, you want to have some method to menace. And again, this is what the resurrection raised dead spells were there for. Is. So if that does sort of happen, you can deal with it. But if it happens too often, you have to ask yourself as a game master, what is your real intent? You want to threaten your characters all the time? You want them to be scared? Well, of course, you want to have the tension of death. And, of course, the tension of failure can be just as important. Those things go hand in hand with losing all your hit points. It can also be losing your magic items. It can also be losing your political alliances or being exposed or blackmailed. Those are also things that can threaten you. So that's an important way to keep tension ever-present in your campaign. And the other thing is is that there's no wrong approach to how you handle death. If you kill player characters and you enjoy it, and your players enjoy it, well, good on you. You're playing the game the way it was intended to be, for fun. And if you want to build a narrative and a story where there's certain elements like resurrection and restorations bring you back to life and to full health, that's there too. I mean, you just look at modern literature, like, George R. R. Martin's The Game of Thrones. You know, Jon Snow comes back, and there's several other characters throughout the series that have been raised from the dead many times. Perfect example. Yes, that is a modern fantasy example of resurrection coming into play in gamer literature, uh, not to mention, you know, actual television movie-type production. Uh, and you don't often see it oh, played heavy-handedly uh, but it's there. It's part of the epic narrative of high fantasy. And, you know, if I were to go out on an end note, uh, player character death, I'm not really opposed to it when it's at a moment of epic fantasy. If somebody died in pursuit of a truly noble goal, let it happen. Uh, you know, let them roll. Uh, but you might want to cushion it a little on the random encounters. <laughs> yep. Player characters just dying all the time. People lose interest. And worse, they will come to an idea that the only way they can survive is to create undefeatable characters or overpowered ones. But we'll be covering more on old school approaches as we go on. And as you can hear here, the court is some... Celebratory mead. Ah, Viking blood. Viking Bond, yeah, we're going to take a toast to that after we finish up here. But again, this is the Dice is Screaming podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us. And, of course, we'll be coming at you twice a week. We're going to be getting another one here probably coming up on Tuesday, I think, but uh, maybe a little later. Nonetheless, you're going to be hearing more from us, and we're going to be coming at you all the time. In the end, Mike? Right on. It's been a pleasure. I hope you're all having a very pleasant afternoon or evening. And... We'll see you again next week. Till then, may the dice ever roll in your favor. Goodbye.